Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone, as we continue the countdown to the Loudest Hell Festival from August 3rd to 6th in Drumheller, Alberta. Lloydminster is a small city straddling the border between Alberta and Saskatchewan, and metal has made an appearance in the form of a select few metal bands, one of which being the melodic death metal band Ashes of Yggdrasil. Releasing their first EP in 2019 and their first album, Bearing the Pelt of the Wolf King, in 2021, Ashes of Yggdrasil has dropped a new single this year titled Remorse of the Dead. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rob Heyman, drummer and founding member of Ashes of Yggdrasil. Rob, Thank you for joining me today. Hey, no worries, man. Thank you for having me. There's just over a month left before Loud as Hell as we record this episode. Is this your first time playing the fest? This will be our first time playing it. We've been trying to get on for a while, but uh, this is the first time we've managed to do it. Nice. Well, I'm excited to see you guys play. Are you guys planning on staying for the whole weekend? Oh, definitely. Have you ever been to the fest before just as an attendee? Oh, yeah. I've, I've been to Loud um, two or three, two times. Which year did you first go? Uh, the year before COVID, so it would have been 2019, and then I went 2021, I think they did it next. Yep. Yeah, that's the two years I went to. That must have been an interesting contrast, too, because you had to deal with restrictions like masking, but I don't think they had distancing at that point. No, there was no distancing, and at that point, the masks here had been removed, so there was still, it was 50-50. There was lots of masks out there, but you didn't have to wear them. I have another question about like living right on the border between two provinces, but I'll ask that one later. <laughs> Since you're kind of in the middle, did you guys have to adhere to like different provincial rules during COVID? No, we, it's weird. Medically, we follow Saskatchewan. And in other ways, like taxes and stuff, we follow Alberta. This town honestly picks their favorite of the two and goes with that. That's not so bad. So yeah, basically what I was reading is that because it's split between two provinces, it's apparently incorporated by both provinces as a single city. So my question that I was going to ask later is, do people who live on the Saskatchewan side still have an Alberta address or is that split up? They do have a Saskatchewan address, so you can still get Saskatchewan insurance, all that stuff. It It's weird how it works. You cross that one highway in town and you're on Saskatchewan side and all the addresses are now in Saskatchewan. That's pretty cool though. It's different. It's definitely different. But And how many people live there? Oh, I'm probably going to butcher this. Last time I looked, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was between 35,000 and 40,000 people. Oh, so really small. Yeah. As far as loud as hell goes, are there any bands that you're really looking forward to seeing play live? Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, Wormwitch is one I'm a huge fan of. They're going to be good. Um, Hooker Spit, my friends in Hooker Spit, I'm super pumped to see them. Um, and then the obvious one that everyone's excited to see, Jungle Rot. They, I seen them with Dying Fetus well, quite a few years ago, and I've been itching to see them again. And so they put on a good show? Oh, they put on an awesome show. I'm glad that you mentioned Hooker Spit. Um, I was going to ask you a question about like what time you prefer to play. So you guys are lined up, if I remember correctly, to play first on Friday, so that'd be about 5.45. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about playing earlier on the evening? And I was chatting with the guys from Hooker Spit, and they said that their preference is actually to play earlier so that they could have fun for the rest of the night. That's exactly it. If we were playing a late slot, I can't fully trust that every member in the band would be sober enough to play to the best of their abilities. So this is probably the best thing for us because we can play, get it out of the way, and then just enjoy the rest of the festival. Yeah, and then you have two full days ahead of you too with a bunch of bands. Yeah, exactly. I guess if you're playing late on one of the earlier days, it's kind of the same, so you only have to worry about... I guess, being good for that one night. Yeah. If you knew some of the members of this band, it's kind of hard. 
when I was doing some research for this podcast here, I wasn't able to find many previous interviews with you guys. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got into drums, bass, and where your journey in metal started? Uh, I just got into drums as a kid. My dad played a little bit of drums and there was a drum kit there and uh, I just had fun with it. And um, I've played in lots of bands like me and the vocalist that's leaving and then our rhythm guitarist, Ty. We've played in bands since we were in high school. Nothing really serious, just kind of coming up, starting, learning how to play our instruments, kind of basically sucking at them for a long time. But uh, it ended up turning into this, and this is the first serious band I've been with. So when you were learning your instruments, I can't imagine there being too many people in that area who actually teach instrumentals. So how did you end up learning? Was it all self-taught, or did you have have a tutor? I had a teacher right off the bat that was from a country band when I was eight or nine years old. Okay. But other than that, it was just kind of, we jammed a lot, and we sucked for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> but eventually you figure your way out and you get that stamina that, you know, a drummer needs for metal. And uh, it was definitely a longer process than some people might go through, but it, it worked out the same. So what essentially drew you to heavier music in in the beginning? I mean, my dad was always into the heavy music, like not what I'm into, but he was more Metallica and stuff like that. The, the dad metal, as we'll call it. Um, he was super into that. And then I remember not being a huge fan of death metal as a kid, but as I got older, um, I was definitely just drawn to the harsh vocals and the fast, uh, fast music and the heavy low tunings. And, uh, it's the most fun to play by far. I like, I've as much as I hated it, I played in the country band for a little bit, trying to make some money. I've played in the classic rock cover bands. Metal was the first one I could say I actually enjoy. What is it about metal for you that's more fun than playing the other genres? I think it's the intensity. It's the, from the moment the set starts until the very end, it is such a crazy adrenaline rush that I'm going to be honest, I barely remember our set most of the time, but you just kind of hope that it went well. But uh, I love that adrenaline rush. It's a safer way to get it than some ways to get adrenaline. Who are currently some of your favorite bands and are a lot of them the same as when you kind of first jumped into metal? Um, I've had two that have been very big ones for me, right? Since I got into, we'll say the heavier style of metal, which was 15 ish years ago, and that'd be Black Dahlia Murder and Suffocation. And then, uh, and obviously like the Amon Marths and Unleashed, that's where the Viking metal came out of. Moving back a little into Lloydminster and and being from a small town. So was it difficult to find people wanting to play in a band because of the size of your hometown and more specifically playing the style of music that you wanted to play? Oh, 100%. If you want to play country, there's tons of people. Um, basically, there is two metal bands in town here and half of Ashes of Yggdrasil makes up half of the other metal band here in town. Um, basically, all the members of in the band are the only active metal guys in town that I know of. I'm sure there's some young up and comers. I hope there's some young up and comers, but, uh, as of right now, the only active people in the metal scene are us. And then the other band that I play bass in called destroy my brains. That's actually what I was going to ask is the other, the other group that you were referring to is destroy my brains. Uh, there's sludge doom, correct? Yeah. I believe that's your vocalist Jarrett who plays in that other band as well. That's our our bass player Jared that plays in that band. Yeah, oh, it's sorry. weird. He's our bass player 
in Ashes, he's the vocalist in Destroy My Brains. Okay, and then you also play bass in that band instead of drums. I do, yeah. I just wanted something different. Fair enough. Plus, they already have a drummer that is awesome, so I couldn't even touch him, so <laughs> we just let him be the drummer there. Looking at your skill set in both instruments, which which would you say you're better in? Oh, drums, 100%. Bass, I can slap a rune note with the best of them. But uh, drums are the only one I would actually call myself a drummer. Uh, maybe in a couple of years, I'll call myself a bassist, but not right now. At least you're learning, though. Yeah. When I was doing research, I looked up that band as well. So it says that you had just joined last year in 2022. Is that correct? That is, yes. Did you happen to play on their last album, uh, Tormented? No, I had just joined the band and uh, I was just learning the songs and like, hey, you should record the bass on this. I'm like, how about you guys just slow your roll, record your bass and I will learn the bass. And, you know, they knew how to play it already. I figured you might as well get somebody that actually knows what they're doing to record it and I'll record on the next album. And so everything's pretty much new and fresh for you, though. It was. I've always kind of played a little bit of bass, just I've had a bass. That's as much as I played it. But, uh, they offered me, he said, you know what, we need a bass player. I know you'll dedicate yourself to learn it. Do you want to do it? I'm like, ah, sure, fuck it, why not? What made you decide to commit yourself to another project? Um, Ashes was getting a little bit slow because our vocalist had, he just recently, I guess not recently now, but he got married, he had a kid. Um, we knew it was going to be a little bit slower, like not jumping at every show. So I was like, well, Mm-hmm. rather than getting mad at him i'll jump with another band and i will split the shows between the two bands earlier you touched on the vocalist of ashes of yggdrasil or yggdrasil sorry leaving is that something i heard correctly hello that... hey oh, i can hear you weird i don't know what happened there <laughs> but yeah our vocalist uh loud as hell will be his official last show with the band oh shit do you mind if I ask why he's leaving or is that something that you guys just want to leave? No, definitely. We've kind of made it public. He's a, uh, he had a kid, he got married. He ended up getting a really good job, but it's about nine hours away in Esterhazy mm. deep in Saskatchewan farmland. And it just wouldn't work out. Um, so we figured, you know what, you've had a good time with the band. And he asked us if you, if we wouldn't mind him stepping down We're like, well, we can't stop you, but, um, so yeah, we've been on the vocalist hunt, and we have some prospects, possibly. They're a little bit tough to find around here, but uh, this is definitely not going to be the last Ashes of Yggdrasil show. It's really good to hear that there's no bad blood or anything that kind of went sour with you guys. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, he's been my best friend since we were like oh, seven years old. He would have to do something fierce to make me hate him. That's a sign of a good friendship. Did you guys happen to fall into liking metal around the same time too? Oh, definitely. We're kind of the main reason that each other went heavier with it because he'd find a band, I'd find a band and go back and forth. And then we're a little bit different now. He He's definitely more into like the death core side of things, whereas I'm the death metal, melodic death metal, but we both still appreciate all kinds of metal. According to the Metal Archives, you guys were formed in 2014, but in a previous interview, you also discussed that Ashes originally started as a different project in that time, which took a more death metal approach. You changed direction in about 2017 and took the more melodic death approach. So did you also change your band name and like your subject matter as well? We did, yeah. we It started as just me and the rhythm guitarist, Ty. Because um, Brendan, he was the vocalist for us before, but he had moved away. Uh, for school and we were like hey you know what we got to do something so we started something called air of abomination 
And we were writing, and then Brett, we'd met him in town. We're like, holy, another metal player. And uh, we weren't vibing very well with the just straight-up death metal. We were kind of stuck in one lane, couldn't figure anything out. And then Brett brought up, he's like, you guys want to try, like, like Viking metal? Melodic death metal? And we were like, yeah, we'll give it a try. And it took off from there. The songwriting was instantly effortless, and we are like, okay. We can't, we got to change the name. And we had played in other bands. Ashes is apparently a common thing for us. Like me and Ty used to play in a band called From Birth to Ash. And then his buddy just said, how about Ashes of Yggdrasil? And we were like, man, that is a killer name. So that's how that was born. I was looking up what Yggdrasil actually meant. And it's the, the, the gigantic tree that's central to the nine worlds in Viking folklore. Yeah, essentially the Viking tree of life it's a yeah it's there's a lot to dive into when you get into that well totally and then you also said that you're basically interested in all that old viking folklore and and mythology before i ask about that though did you have any releases under the old name air of abomination uh no we didn't we had a whole lot of demos that are hitting on someone's computer but nothing actually was officially released do you know where they're hidden or is that something that's lost to the abyss oh they are on a computer sitting somewhere in my garage (laughs) Would you ever happen to release them, or have you thought of releasing them? Uh, probably not, because they're not very good. But you never know. We might get bored one day. When it comes to writing music for Ashes, are you in charge of the lyrics? Uh, no, I wrote the lyrics, some of the lyrics, um, for the first EP. But when we brought Brendan on, he he is a, by far the better vocalist, or lyricist, we'll say. Um, So he writes all the lyrics because I just wrote cookie cutter. Oh, I swing axe and kill person Viking metal. (laughs) And he dives in like he reads the poetic Edda and really researches stuff. So he started to create stories, not just songs. And maybe this isn't uh, your place to say or maybe you don't know, but do you know if he's like crafting his own stories or if he's taking some of that mythology and kind of like just retelling it with his own flair? A lot of it was his own stories. Um, Like one of our songs, One Eye the Great. Mm-hmm. He just kind of got, he was thinking there one day, he's like, well, Odin with one eye, just kind of stuck trying to write a song. So he just wrote a story about one eye. And uh, that's how that song came to be. And most of them are just kind of, he looks it up, gets a broad telling of it, and then creates his own, lets his imagination fly. Is it safe to say that you guys are both pretty much equally as interested in old Viking mythology and folklore? Um, I might be a little bit more. I'm kind of a crazy fucking nerd when it comes to it. Uh, but definitely both interests in just like the old Viking medieval thing. Like when we were kids, all we used to do is pretend we were knights and sword fight. And so we've definitely both been into it. And, uh, most of the band is into the Viking lore. And so when it comes to subject matter, and I don't know if you can answer this, but what other kind of sources do you guys pull from? Um, <laughs> a big one, cause Brett, our guitar player, he names a lot of the songs just as placeholders. So we know what to call this piece of music we're playing. And then usually that's what inspires Brendan. Cause he doesn't like to change the song name for some reason. But, uh, <laughs> a lot of that is honestly from God of War. You're obviously a fan of the new ones. Oh yeah. What do you think of the second one compared to the, the original PS5 version? Um, I like them. They're definitely different games. Like the old God of War were a lot different than the new ones. But uh, 
I I personally like the way they've went with it. I know a lot of guys aren't a huge fan of it, but I'm I'm a big fan of the updates that's happened. I like how the story is a lot more. It seems a lot more personal, a lot more visceral too, and it's. I just I get a lot more out of those games rather than just hack and slash and different button combos. Exactly, that's a game that I've literally watched just videos of people doing a playthrough of it because I just like the story so much. Well, and games like that truly do show that video games are an art form, and it's a testament to storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of video games, and I just I haven't actually played, but the Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Have you been through that at all? I have not. I have a love hate relationship with Assassin's Creed. I do really want to play it, but I'm uh, sometimes I like my video games to be a little bit more basic so I can relax. I found Assassin's Creed was not super basic, but some of the videos I've watched of it, I feel like I'm missing out by not playing it. Um, so once I have some more time, I will sit down and play it eventually. I kind of feel that same way about the, I guess, last few releases since like what was it, Origin? It just seems like they got bigger and bigger and so overwhelming. So I actually tried one of them and it was just. It was too much. I couldn't invest that much time, but it's it's something I would like to experience, but probably won't. Yeah, that was like um, what well, I think it was called Odyssey, the like Egyptian one or whatever. I think Odyssey was the Greek one. The Greek one, the yeah, that's what that's what I'm meaning. I I seen clips of that and I'm like, that seems cool too. And I tried it. I was so overwhelmed. I turned it off <laughs> after a couple of days. I was like, man, this is too big brain for me. Well, and then I kept trying to follow the little blue mission markers on the map, and I. I realized that those ones are recurring. So you can go back and forth in between like this uh, specific circle over and over again and never actually leave the area. So I was spending too much time just leveling up for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you've already touched on Amon and Marth, but you've said in previous interviews that Amon and Marth and Inflames were both influential to you early on. So when I first saw the album cover for Bearing the Pelts of the Wolf King, it kind of reminded me of the Twilight of the Thunder God. Is this something that you also had in mind when having the artwork done? We didn't actually. Um, I think the artist might have. We told him basically we had a song called Bearing the Pelt of the Wolf King. We said, hey, we want a guy fighting a intense looking wolf. And uh, we want something nice, bright and colorful to just jump off the table when people are looking at it. And they're like, man, I need that album. Um, and then when he sent it to us, we were all huge fans of it. And subconsciously, we probably had an idea that it kind of looked like an Amon Amarth album cover because we are all big Amon Amarth fans. So it wasn't planned out to be that way, but nobody was upset it turned out that way. No, it looks great. I think his name is pronounced, and I could be wrong, is it Andrea Gardino? It's something you know about as well as I do with the pronunciation. <laughs> When you had approached him, did you have a concept in mind when you first got in touch, or was it something that you just kind of selected? Uh, no, we had that concept in mind. We said we wanted the big, um, like if you fold out the album, you can see that there's a big tree burning. That's what he told me. He said, we want a big Yggdrasil-like tree burning, a um, couple ravens flying around, and in a somewhat winter-looking scene, a Viking fighting a wolf. And that is pretty much all we told him, and he ran with it. I love when people give their artists that creative freedom, like just come up with a concept and let them do whatever they want. Oh, exactly. That's how, I mean, like with me, that's how you get the best tattoos. So that's how we'll get the best artwork. Totally. Who did the logo for your band? Oh, I'm going to butcher this. I hate that I'm just drawing a blank on his name right now. Gregoth is his name. 
Gray Goth. Yeah. He's uh, somebody that our rhythm guitarist, Ty, has followed his artwork for a long time. And he got him to do up a logo for us. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's, that is perfect. I'm going to try to look him up. The logo looks really good. Did you guys give him any kind of direction with that as well? Um, I don't really think so. I think we said just kind of run with it. This is the name we want. Some runes would be cool. So he put our name in a uh, young Futhark behind the, uh, behind the main logo. And I, that was, I think about the only thing we told him. He just kind of went from there and he nailed it first try. Yeah. It turned out really well. And did you guys have any, did you guys make any changes to it or leave it as is? Nope. That was first draft. The way it was is the way it stayed. As you're actively releasing new music by your single earlier this year, can fans expect to hear some new music as loud as loud as hell? If I'm being honest, probably not a brand brand new song. Just because with our vocalist leaving, it, it I'm not gonna lie, it killed the morale a little bit. We do have stuff written, but we don't have lyrics written to anything yet. We're kind of waiting because all this new stuff's gonna go on a new album which was supposed to be at the end of this year, but we want to give the new vocalist the freedom to write and record the vocals exactly how he wants to do them. So we have slowed down on completing new songs um, as far as the lyric wise. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want somebody to have to come into a project and just forcefully play or sing something that was done you know, just a few months prior. No, exactly. We figured with a new album on its way, this would be a perfect time to get someone in because then they can show us exactly what they want to do, how they want to style it. Because obviously things are going to change a little bit. Um, but I'm excited to see with, when we find a new vocalist, what direction it takes. And will you guys be pretty specific in remaining with a melodic death metal route? Oh, 100%. The music will be remaining. What are some things you're looking in uh, for a new vocalist? You said you had some prospects. Yeah, so we found a couple people around here. We've been asking for auditions. We basically, we're not looking for an exact replacement. We just want somebody that can do the highs like Brendan can and do the lows. If, you know, lyrics aren't exactly their strong suit, we can all help. We are 100% down to help with that. Um, we just wanted somebody that could do the songs justice. And to us, one thing that a lot of people said they like about Ashes is they like the crazy highs and then the deep guttural lows. So that's what we're looking for. Somebody that could keep that so fans aren't like, what the hell, man? And have you guys ever considered incorporating clean vocals with your music? <laughs> We've always said if we could find a chick that could do clean vocals, that would be perfect because it... <laughs> When you're listening to melodic death metal or Viking metal and you hear a female vocalist come out, a lot of times I it sounds like a Valkyrie is singing to me and I thought that would be so cool. But uh, every female vocalist that we know that has a really good singing voice we've talked to is like, why would I do death metal? Okay, that's <laughs> given, I guess. <laughs> now you said that you had some new stuff written, but you don't really want to move forward too, too far right now. That said, when you were writing the new stuff, what are some of the musical elements that you wanted to focus on and how did you want your new music to sound different than your previous stuff? Um, I, I will say this. The new stuff has... Um, if you listen to the progression of the albums, you'll hear just a little bit more of like a blackened feel to it. It's like album number one, no ifs, ands, or buts. That was a monomarth worship right there. We know it. And uh, we were happy with it. 
the blackened style that comes from Ty definitely fused itself a little bit more into Bearing the Pelt of the Wolf King. And I feel like there's going to be a lot more of that in this new album. And from where it's going right now, there's definitely going to be... It's it's the melodic death metal, but there's a lot of thrash elements to it as well. That's cool. And you guys, I'm guessing, that are still sticking to the same sub- subject matter, so the whole Viking folklore and mythology. Oh, yeah. It'll definitely still be sticking with that. Something I wanted to ask earlier about kind of getting traction in an, in a smaller city. So it's difficult enough just based on location and population, but with the internet streaming and social media, it kind of makes things a little bit easier, but I can still imagine there being, ha- sorry, it having its limits. So how have you overcome some of the difficulties being associated with living in a remote area? And what have you found to be the things, thing or things that work best for you? Um, a big thing was that like, I attend a lot of um, local shows in Edmonton. I've been big with the Edmonton scene for a long time. So I knew a lot of guys. So when they were trying to plan tours and stuff like that, that there's a metal band in Lloyd. Now we could try Lloyd. And uh, we, there's more metal fans in Lloyd than there appears. They just hide in their basements apparently. <laughs> Cause we've, we had a band called widow's peak came out and we had our very first show with them and it was crazy we sold out the venue it was a really fun time and then people started asking them look where did you play in lloyd where did you play in lloyd so they sent a lot of bands our way we started playing with some bigger bands and they're like hey let's get you up to the city and then from there that's how we started to break into like the edmonton scene and stuff like that I was looking at a map earlier just because I knew you were somewhere in the middle between edmonton and saskatoon but i wasn't exactly sure where and it's it's like the perfect halfway point. It is it is yeah, it's like two and a half hours each way to get to one of the major cities. So a couple of questions here. Do you often have to travel to see shows? And secondly, does being kind of in the midpoint help with bigger bands rolling through? Um for the traveling? Oh yes. We have to travel for shows quite a bit. Um like any of our major shows, we know we're gonna have to at least drive two and a half hours. And uh there was good traction with the shows before COVID. Um, after COVID, it took a long time for bands to start touring again. And now that they are back again, um, we have our vocalist who's, you know, living nine hours away. So we unfortunately can't do shows right now. Er, he basically committed to Loud as Hell. So we're doing Loud as Hell no matter what. Um, but other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot. There has been a couple of bands coming through that I've been helping set up at a venue in Lloyd, but it's a little bit tough for a band if there's no local band here because there's, like I said, they just like they hide in their basements and they don't know when bands are even coming. Cause I'll tell them or show them videos and they're like, man, that looked awesome. I wish I would have went like, well, you could have. Yeah. You were literally just down the street. Yeah. What is your big metal venue there? Um, honestly, it's called the sticks. It was a pool hall. They were good with us. Now there is a new venue that I'm helping with, uh, called cheers live. I think that will be the big metal one now. Cause it's an actual stage where sticks was just a room and it's like, bring a PA system, do whatever you want. Oh, that's cool. So what, what kind of roles are you taking and what goes into setting up a venue for live music? Uh, quite a bit. So basically the roles that I took was I was helping with sound. Um, I was going to help with booking, but I realized I only know how to book metal bands. 
so that one they ended up taking um that but i've been helping big with the instruments and stuff like that because that's what i do as a day job is i run a music store so i helped them with the pa systems running sound different instruments what they need for backline all that stuff and when you say you run a music store is it this is obviously instruments and sound uh sound technology or yeah it's like pa systems uh guitars drums and then a little bit of vinyl okay so that obviously helps out too when you're producing your own music oh it does it also helps with shows because i work at the perfect place to promote stuff everybody that comes in like hey you want to go to a concert want to go to a concert yeah especially with not much else going on there do you guys have like a what does the music scene look like there you said there is a lot of country but do you have a lot of live music shows not really honestly we've got a place called the vic juba that brings in some big artists but it's usually stuff more catered to people in their 40s and 50s um, a lot of cover bands like led zeppelin cover bands the eagles cover bands, stuff like that um, other than that there is an underground punk scene in town that there's a certain loft where they jam and that's that's probably the only other major scene going other than the country thing which is they do a lot of you know um, weddings and stuff like that and play the casinos and all that stuff when you guys have gone into Saskatchewan, obviously Saskatoon, like we were talking about earlier, is about two and a half hours away. But what other cities have you guys played there? Honestly, none. Our big thing has been Alberta. Saskatchewan's been a tough one for us, honestly. Um, I know, like our bass player Jared is from from Saskatoon and, or I guess North Battleford, but he's been around Saskatoon. The Saskatchewan metal scene is awesome. I feel like it's a hard one to break into. I was just thinking myself that I don't even know if I've really encountered any Saskatchewan metal bands. No, there. I find a lot of them like they play Saskatchewan and they stay in Saskatchewan, and there is some killer bands there. Um, bands like Rot is a really good one. Um, Untimely Demise is another Saskatoon band, band, and they're actually playing loud as hell. That's pretty cool. Yes, they are. I was pumped to see them. Let's see. I'm trying to go through the list here on Metal Archives, and I don't recognize a lot of them. I know lots. I just, of course, on the spot, I'm drawing the hugest blank. Yeah, that's part of the problem with how much metal is coming out these days, and especially if you're paying attention to more local scenes. Yeah, it's uh, they're becoming huge, and there's so many bands, it's, it's hard to keep track. For those who are looking to find your music, where's the best place for them to find it for you? Um, probably our favorite place would be Bandcamp. But I understand that streaming is the big thing. So any of the major streaming services like Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Music, I guess it's called now, Amazon Music, any of that stuff, or just YouTube if that's what you want to do. Rob, I want to thank you again for joining me today, and I look forward to catching up with you at Loud as Hell. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll have to have a drink. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.